Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the world's most powerful fitness and health coach. Whoop isn't just another fitness wearable. It's designed to provide personalized and actionable data based on your body. I'm really striving not to compare myself to others. So that personalized aspect feels very, very important. Wake up each morning with a personalized recovery score based on the quantity and quality of your sleep, your heart rate variability, your respiratory rate, and other key vital signs. Whoop then coaches you through your day and provides recommendations on how hard you should push yourself based on your recovery. You know me, I obviously love data and I love seeing those objective numbered results from hard work. It really keeps me so motivated. Normally, I only get that from my job, but I'm so excited to get it in wellness, a world full of doubt and subjectivity. Plus, knowing it is tailored to me makes it even better. I never want to try to measure up to someone else when it comes to my own well-being. Whoop also just released their all-new 4.0, which is 33% smaller and designed with new biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen, and more. Go to whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com, and use code WIT at checkout to save 15% today. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port, and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV, and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hey everyone, I hope everyone is doing well. It's been a pretty rough week for us. Timmy got the stomach flu, then I got the stomach flu, and then I got esophagitis, and then I just had to get an endoscopy. So Timmy helped me record this episode just because I did not have the strength to do it, to be able to talk. My chest just hurts so much and I can't keep anything down. It's really just a diary of everything that's gone on this past week and how it feels to be a caretaker, his thoughts on the medical arena, our IVF situation, just his perspective on how this week has been. So I know everyone loves Timmy. I'm sure everyone will love this episode. And I think it's always helpful to hear from someone else, especially my partner, someone who's so closely going through something with me, who's not like exactly in it, but has an outsider's perspective. And I think that will be helpful for 
any of you who are wondering maybe what your partner is thinking about or feeling like. So I hope you enjoy. Here is Timmy. Hi. No, you're expecting Whitney, but instead you're getting me and no one. Whitney, feel free to exit. I'll probably talk about you the entire time. I am dedicating this podcast to myself. Just kidding, but I'm not. I think what I would like to talk about is what it's like to be a caretaker because that's what I've been going through for the last week. Everyone out there at some point has either been or will be a caretaker unless you're a hermit, in which case you can listen to this podcast and just kick your feet up and remember you made the right decision to live amongst no people. Obviously, I'm kidding, but I'm going to be really candid with you and like talk about the parts of me that came out during this time that like weren't so great and like made me pause and like wonder and stuff like that. So I'll give you a little background. Whitney has she's been sick all week and it started... It started at a Seder two Saturdays ago, and we were all sitting around the table with all the kids, having a nice time, eating and drinking. And our sister-in-law, Denise, looked over at her son, Jude, and said, you know, Jude doesn't really look so great. Like, called him over, and Jude sat on her lap. and was like face-to-face and just full-on vomited, like right in her face, right on her chest. And like, we all froze. And she's like, I'm in a towel. And everyone was like, oh my God. So like, everyone was like, oh my God, like, what's the matter? And they were like, yeah, we've had this stomach flu. And we were like, okay, what are you guys doing here? You're going to give everyone the stomach flu. And so they left. And then sure enough, a day later, I got the stomach flu. And Whitney took care of me. And she did a great job. Not only was she there for everything I needed, but she gave me the space to like feel bad and not feel guilty. Like I was like bumming her out or ruining her day or whatever. And, you know, the room to get better. I really felt close to her and I really appreciated all her help. And then sure enough, about a day later, she gets it. I give it to her. We managed to somehow keep it away from Sunny, but now she has it and she is sick. And I had just been there and I knew how bad it felt. And so now, you know, it was my turn to take care of her. But I have to tell you, there were some times where you wonder if like the other person is like putting it on a little bit. And like, I have to admit that like, even when I was sick, like I was putting it on a little bit. I was like definitely fully sick and I definitely puked and like that was real. And there's no like faking that but like you know when you're like walking from your seat in the waiting room to like the doctor to like the receptionist you're like and like you're putting and like I know I did that so I was like on the lookout if like Whitney was doing that and that's where I caught myself and was like that is not cool like I'm sure in the caretaker's oath they don't that's not part of it so there's a lot of like second guessing myself in that moment and and, and the way I sort of dealt with it was I told myself even if she was like, so were you. And like, that's okay. Like we all want sympathy and care and like that's human. And that is still totally lovable. And like, even if she's putting it on by 8%, she's still 92% sick and like you need to take care of her. So we took her to urgent care, came home. The stomach flu started to subside, but here's where things got interesting. Flashback to... Whitney had to get a procedure 
to clean out her uterus for preparation for the egg transfer. And they gave her a big antibiotic pill to take. And we didn't find this out until yesterday, but when we went to a, a gastro specialist, but we believe that that pill like got caught in her esophagus. She didn't like drink it down with enough water and then like went right to bed. So like it, it just like kind of chilled in her esophagus and like caused some inflammation. And then, you know, add to that the throwing up that she did. She threw up that night, that Saturday night of the Seder before she got the stomach flu from drinking acidic wine. And then flash forward to the Tuesday or whatever it was, she gets the stomach flu. I know this is complicated. Try and follow me. So then coupled with the throwing up she did Saturday night and then the throwing up she did with the stomach flu, she injured her esophagus. And now stomach flu has gone. She can't eat or drink. So Whitney's been in bed Tuesday through, I mean, today. Today is now Tuesday. So it's a full week of her not being able to eat or drink. And like I started to get pretty worried. You know, we have this this egg transfer coming up. And like, obviously, you want to be in your best shape to to do that. And, and, and Whitney is not in her best shape. So I'll go back again. I know that this is all over the place, but this is how my brain works. And now a word from our sponsor. Early in the episode, I spoke about Whoop and how I've been loving using their fitness wearable to help me stay on top of my health. A huge part of that is through tracking my sleep. Sleep is one of the most important things you can do to improve recovery, boost your immune system, and make fitness improvements. The sleep coach from Whoop analyzes sleep duration, quality, efficiency, and consistency every single night. It also provides ideal bed and wake times to help improve my sleep routine. Their all new Whoop 4.0 comes with a brand new haptic alarm that uses gentle vibrations to wake you in a less jarring way than an audio alarm and minimizes disruptions for your partner or roommates. Decide the alarm mode you want in the sleep coach section of the app, exact time, when you've hit your sleep goal, or when you want to wake up in the green feeling recovered. Tracking and improving my sleep has been a huge priority for me over the last few weeks, and I am so excited to try out a couple new sleep hacks to continue to improve my sleep. Go to whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com, and use code WIT at checkout to save 15% today. Whoop.com and use code WIT at checkout to save 15% today. I would give anything to feel better right now and go travel, honestly. If you are a big travel lover like me, you need to check out Travel Zoo. Travel Zoo is a trusted source for top-rated travel deals and lifestyle experiences. Their team searches for the best experiences for their members while negotiating the best prices too. I obviously love traveling, but prep for it can be stressful. There's so many details and there's so many hotels and varying rates to look at. And if you don't have notes going, your head could literally start to spin. And there's just like so many options. So Travel Zoo takes that away. They share their top accommodation recommendations, including featured hotels that are four plus stars. What a dream. 
They share high quality deals to top bucket list destinations like the Maldives, French Polynesia, Galapagos, South Africa, and so many more. I've never been to any of those places. I am dying to go, but just searching images of them along makes me crave to travel and be there. That's one thing I love about Travel Zoo as well. It inspires members to get out there and travel to destinations that might not be top of mind. Becoming a member is totally free and simple. Every Wednesday, you'll receive an email featuring their top 20, which features 20 of the best deals they currently have available. Visit www.travelzoo.com slash sign up to become a member. Now back to Timmy. So she's done with the stomach flu. It's Tuesday of last week, but she is doesn't know how to fix this pain in her chest and she is panicking. And panic is as a caretaker, you're like, you know, I I can treat your sore throat with medicine. I can treat your sniffles with Kleenex, but I, I don't. Know, I have to be calm if you're going to be panicky, and, and I don't. I don't want her to think I wasn't taking it seriously, but I just tried to stay as calm as possible. And I took took Sunny to school one morning, and Whitney took herself to the emergency room. So as soon as I dropped Sunny off, I went over and I met her there. And you know, she were in the waiting room. There was like blood all over the floor. Someone had just been through, obviously, with some kind of injury or some shit, and like. We're sitting there. They take us in pretty quickly. They give her an x-ray. They check all our vitals. The doctor comes in, orders a CT scan. We wait. We get the CT scan. She has to like drink some contrast, like this fluid, and like lay there in front of the machine. And then it, it images, you know, her her esophagus and I guess her upper stomach and stuff to see what's going on. They were looking for tears or anything that that might require surgery. And so we get the results back and there's no tears. There is some inflammation. Her heart is fine. All that stuff is fine. And and she starts to feel better. And I think that that peace of mind, knowing that the problem isn't worse, like worst case scenario, she starts to feel better. And I remember in the hospital, she was like, I guess I'm just a P-U-S-S-Y when it comes to pain. And, you know, maybe most people wouldn't have needed to come into the hospital or go to urgent care for this problem. But like I did. And I remember thinking to myself and really believing it like, well, that's just as valid as an actual broken bone. Like in your brain, pain, which is subjective, hurts more than maybe it does for someone else. But that doesn't mean it still doesn't hurt just because it's happening in your brain and not on your body or whatever the case may be. And I believe that. And I wanted her to believe that. And I want you guys out there who are similar to Whitney to believe that too. Like you're not making up a problem. It's it's just manifesting itself in a different place in your body. It's it's happening in your brain. And that doesn't mean it's not true or you're making it up or you're lying. It just that's just the way your brain chemistry is or whatever. I don't actually know the technical science, but that's what I told myself and what I wanted to communicate to Whitney. So we get back from the hospital and they have prescribed her some kind of medicine to take. And I go to pick it up from the pharmacy. And like, fun fact about me, like if there's a detail oriented assignment, like I'm going to fuck it up. It's just what's going to happen. Even something as simple as picking up the prescription. So I go to the window and like the woman has an attitude and I'm like, hey, picking up for my wife. And she's like, I can't fill this. You got to speak to the pharmacist. And I was like, okay, oh God. So I speak to the pharmacist and the pharmacist is like, yeah, this is just a prescription for Maalox. And I was like, yeah, but like, we probably need the stronger version. What's like the one doctors prescribed? She was like, they don't 
She was like, there's no stronger version than, than the over-the-counter. And I was like, are you sure? Like, Whitney is going to want to know she got what the doctor prescribed. And the pharmacist is like, yeah, I'm positive. So I get, they didn't even have Maalox. I had to get Mylanta. I was like, what the fuck is happening? This is like, what is she, 80? So I get the Mylanta. I come home. Whitney is not thrilled. She is actually livid. And, you know, this was just a function of her being sick for so long and not had her best and no food and all. I totally understood. I wasn't even, I took none of anything that Whitney exhibited over the last week personally because she was just not at her best. And like, we all act this way. So I was like, I'll go down to the pharmacy. I'll call the hospital. She's like, I'll go. She's like, I just need to fight someone. I think she was so frustrated by the medical community and their customer service, which is something interesting to talk about because, you know, we saw doctors and receptionists all this week, a ton of them. And and like the receptionists, like they don't, they're, they're there all day, probably not getting paid a lot. Like they're not happy. So I get it. They don't have like the most chipper attitude and the doctors are all stressed, like overworked and like they're not happy. So like it's just a bad system. And, and we got we got fine care, I think. I think we got fine thorough care. I don't think we were like misdiagnosed, but it is in Whitney's nature when she's sick and doesn't get the answer that solves her problem to then like turn around and, and like blame the system or like blame the doctors. And I get that need someone to kind of target your frustration onto. So she goes down, she calls the emergency room, she speaks to our nurse. The nurse tells her that our doctor has gone for the day and won't be back for another five days and that another doctor cannot prescribe her anything new unless she comes in and does this whole ordeal again. And Whitney is livid, she freaks out. She's crying, screaming in the car. She says she re-injures her esophagus. She comes home. I hear this story. I call the, the ER. They tell me that they don't prescribe what was given to us in the ER, which was Maalox and lidocaine that like, you know, I think lidocaine is like just like a general, it's like an anesthesia that, that I know. It's like a topical anesthesia I know that they use in like the dentist office. And I'm sure it helped like numb whatever was going on, but they don't prescribe that is what they tell to me. It's a cocktail. I'm using quotes that they give in the ER for patients that are really in pain. And then for their at-home care, they have over-the-counter shit, which is the strongest stuff available. So I explained that to Whitney. You know, it's not quite what she wants to hear. So I call my doctor. Whitney doesn't have a primary care physician, so I call mine. And they don't get back to me. Meanwhile, we're calling the fertility doctor to explain what's going on. They don't get back to us. We're doing some like work on a house. Nobody's getting back to us here, there, everywhere. Like 10 different people are not getting back to us. Whitney has a freak out about that, which is totally understandable. I freaked out about that. And it, we're just like really in like the deepest depths of this whole week at this point. So next she calls this concierge doctor who is like super thorough and goes over everything with Whitney and diagnoses her with achalasia or achalasia and um, esophagitis, which is actually the same thing they diagnose us with at the emergency room. Esophagitis is just like itis of the esophagus and achalasia is like a chronic muscle condition. So he switches up the prescription to just like more of what we already have, plus a muscle relaxer, which is like kind of, I think, what Winnie was looking for the whole time. She thought she had inflammation, like something to reduce the inflammation, relax the muscles. I don't know. We're not doctors. Okay, let's take a quick break. 
So I've touched on some of the reasons why I love using Whoop, but I really want to stress that it's not just for serious athletes. Being a mom, being a wife, working hard, and being an entrepreneur is really hard work, both physically, mentally, and spiritually. And Whoop helps me track my daily activity outside of just the gym to help me feel fully rested for everything I have to show up for. Whoop is a wearable, but unlike other wearables, Whoop is designed to help you optimize your performance based on your sleep, your daily recovery, and your activity habits. It tells you when you're primed for a big day and when you should just kind of chill out a little. I love knowing when I'm ready to go, when I have energy, when it's time for me to be my most productive self. But I really even appreciate it more when Whoop gives me the time to rest. Like they literally tell you to rest. It sets exertion targets based on your body, not your friend's bodies, not your trainer's body, not some statistical body index. Let's stop comparing ourselves to others, please. Also, burnout is a really popular term in our society right now, and it isn't just from physical exhaustion. Stress plays a huge part, like I was saying, in both your mental and physical health, and WHOOP is designed to measure the impact that stress has on your day-to-day living. Go to WHOOP.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com today, and use code WIT at checkout to save 15% today. Now back to the episode. Alert. Mother's Day is a Sunday. I hope it hasn't snuck up on you. If it has, do not worry. Macy's has you covered with their gift finder with amazing gifts at any price. Check out great ideas at macy's.com slash gift finder. It's time to pick up the perfect gift for your mom, your grandma, yourself, your friend, a sister, anybody who you feel deserves a special treat this year. They have gifts for every budget. So whether you're looking for the coziest slippers for under $25 or treating mom to something luxe like Dolce & Gabbana sunglasses, I'm searching as we speak for a bag for my mom. She's in desperate need of like a new everyday go-to bag. I see Kate Spade. I see Coach, Calvin Klein, DKNY, Lauren by Ralph Lauren, and so many more. Oops, just saw some Gucci sunglasses that I think I may need for myself. Moms, do not forget to treat yourself. They have so much beyond fashion like ninja blenders and air fryers, a sharper image foot massager, and Cuisinart knives. My mother-in-law mentioned needing a new vacuum, and I know that may not sound like the most luxurious, but I think to a mom it would be. I'm looking at the Zumi Vacuum, that's T-Z-U-M-I, and it comes in so many cute colors, and it's on sale. So when I say they've got something for every mom, I really mean it. Fitbits, Godiva, candles, wine glasses, pillowcases, fashion, fine jewelry, handbags, etc., Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder to make this Mother's Day an especially memorable one. So now, we get that and she still feels no relief and is not eating. So she gets an IV, so she's not dehydrated. But otherwise, she's just like depressed in bed and upset. So I'm like, we got to go see a specialist. And like, just from my perspective, I know this is supposed to be about the caretaker, not the patient. You know, I am... I am, I'm concerned for Whitney, mostly for her not eating, not really for these problems because none of them seem like they're going to lead to any other problems or like won't resolve themselves soon. I know that she's panicky and unhappy and I'm sympathetic to that. And so 
I wasn't bothered by her and I wasn't bothered by the role. I, I wanted to be there for her and I wanted to do it without resentment. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to do it in a way where she felt good and didn't feel like she was ruining my day or anything like that. I mean, like there were times where I had thought she was going to get better. So I had plans that I had to cancel them. And like, yes, it was it was frustrating to not get in my self-care, but truly like it wasn't resentful or it wasn't really even a second thought that like these things had to get canceled to like take care of your wife. Like this is what the whole fucking marriage is for to have someone in the shitty times. So I was okay. I wanted Whitney to get better. I wanted her to eat. Part of me was like, can't you just eat and deal with the pain? But she, but she couldn't. And I, I really can't fault her for that. That was frustrating, but I don't know what it feels like inside. So like, how can I judge or whatever. So we get an appointment with a specialist. This is yesterday. And first, <laughs> we had the makeup appointment for her fertilization situation. And we go there and the waiting room is packed. Monday at 11 a.m., packed with people. You need a mask. They don't have any extra masks. There's husbands sitting outside. I go find masks. We sit down. When he's like, I am sick. Like I haven't eaten in days have another appointment. Can I please get in to see the doctor to see if this transfer is going to be possible? And they're like, you're, there's eight people ahead of you. You're gonna have to wait. So we sit down and she is pissed. And so am I. I mean, it was just so frustrating. So we sit down and I remember, I mean, it was yesterday. It wasn't too hard to remember. I just closed my eyes and I meditated. I was like, you need to do something, Tim, <laughs> to control your frustration. Because like right now it's Whitney's time to be frustrated and like the two of you, it's not going to work. Like you can't be your normal, like, can I talk to the manager self right now? So I sat there and I meditated. It worked, really worked. Calm me down. We wait an hour, excruciating hour, just sitting there. They said we would be six. We were like the ninth. Actually, at one point they call us in after 15 minutes of waiting and then we get into the room and they're like, is everything on the screen correct? And Whitney's like, that's not my name. And they meant to call another Whitney. So we had to go back in, wait an hour, go back in. The nurse sees us and she's like, just so you know, your doctor's not here and the other doctor is leaving. And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what? We need to see a doctor. Like, we need to see a doctor. Like, can help us, you know? So the doctor comes in. Whitney explains the story, and she's like, just push it a month. Like, this is a no-brainer. Doctor, like, your doctor would say the same thing. Trust me, just push it. Whitney is disappointed. This is not what she wanted. But we both really easily understood that this was the right move. And then we're kind of relieved that we can just focus on getting her better and we don't have to do the whole transfer this week and shit. So that's pushed a month. Disappointing, but whatever. The right thing. We move on. Come home, wait an hour, go back to West Hollywood for the gastro specialist. We get to the waiting room. It's empty. Thank God. Pay a $400 one-time admin fee. Let me tell you, I wanted to be like, what the fuck is an admin fee? What am I? What is this? What am I paying? What are you talking about? But I couldn't, I couldn't say anything. Oh, also in the waiting room, there was a sign. Tell me what you think about this sign. It reads, please enjoy your food or drinks outside of our office. Thank you. That's kind of passive aggressive, don't you think? I didn't appreciate it. Yeah, fuck that sign. So we see the doctor and like, you know, let me let me just look up this word and make sure I'm using the right word. And like Whitney can weigh in if she's if she agrees. But like he was just kind of glib, okay? Which is it says fluent and and voluble, but insincere and shallow. 
you know, I think doctors, he, you know, he wanted to know the story. He had like gotten the reports from the hospital. He had spoken to the concierge doctor. You know, he probably sees people all day with the same problem. And it's just like, boom, it's this, boom, it's that. And like, here's what you do for it. He wasn't interested in like, you know, like seeing Whitney as like a unique person with a unique problem. And that came across in his body language and 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 his eye contact, like kept looking at me and like, I don't know, he, like he seemed glib and like, you know, I think Whitney felt it and, and I don't think it came from nowhere. And I think that that is something that is a part of at least our medical experience in the last week is, and I don't, I'm not trying to say where it comes from, but it's like, it's not what you want as a patient. You know, you want someone who really genuinely seems like they care and they're not just doing their, you know, their job like a robot. So anyway, he says it's probably not achalasia. That's more of a chronic problem. And he tells us about this, this pill theory of where it started. And he doesn't really change any of the medication and thinks it's, you know, it'll just go away on its own. And there's two tests that we can get, but he doesn't think we need to get them. They put the camera down your throat, endoscopy endoscopic I don't know uh, and they look around and the other one is like another sort of scan similar to the one we got at the emergency room where you drink some kind of fluid birium or something I can't remember also like I can't remember all this shit and like I'm wondering like am I the one who's gonna have to fucking do all this stuff all the details like I hope not that's not my strong suit and we we're like, when can we get it? And he was like, Wednesday. And we we're like, any sooner? Like, Whitney needs relief. She hasn't eaten. He was like, that's really soon. But he's right. Like, it is really soon. And like, it isn't a life-threatening problem. But when you're the patient, like, it's all that matters. And so it's just a, it's a tough sitch. So anyway, we go home. She gets another IV guy to come and give her some fluids. And then that night, it seemed like the pressure had had released a little bit and she was able to eat. Another fun thing this week was she wanted baked potatoes and I made her a baked potato and like fucked it up a bunch of times. And I'm a good cook, but every time I cook for Whitney, I get so nervous. I fuck it up. I don't know. You can microwave a baked potato and then put it in a hot oven and like get, and like it's exactly the same. I've done it before. I think you're supposed to only microwave it for about like five minutes. I microwaved this potato for 10 minutes because I was trying to like cheat the timing. But it, so it all came out gummy that when I fucked up and I made another baked potato in the oven followed a recipe, which is ridiculous. I would just do 400 degrees for an hour, olive oil, salt on the outside, poke a bunch of holes, stick it directly on the rack, 400 for an hour. That's how I would do it for like a medium, not huge sized potato. This one was Alton Brown, who's very meticulous, scientific dude. I followed his instructions. 350. I did 365 because I think our oven runs a little bit low. I had to put Sunny to bed. So Whitney was responsible for just taking it out of the oven. It never got done. It was very curious. I don't know. Anyway, that was disappointing. But then she fried it up in a pan and she ate some of it. She said it was good. But then, you know, this morning she's feeling much better, but it's still an issue. And so I don't know as the caretaker what else to do. We're going to go get that other... That that the camera test on Wednesday morning, you know, we gotta we gotta, I think we gotta be there by six a.m. or something. So like, Whitney's gonna have to weigh the hassle of all of that versus the pain and discomfort she's in because the test isn't gonna help any of her pain. It's only going to see if there's something else causing the pain. And like, she wants to be exhaustive and and do everything she can to feel better, which I totally understand. But at what price, you know? I mean, do we really want to keep jumping through all these 
these hoops and different doctors and stuff like that for something that will probably heal itself soon, I hope. And then, you know, as a caretaker, I have to remind myself we're not just treating her physical ailment, which is this esophagus thing, but it's also, you know, her panic and her distress and her anxiety and all of this stuff needs to be treated. And both come with their own feelings of impotency, like what can I do really to help her? And, you know, making her comfortable and getting her Gatorade and toasting bread, shit like that, like I can do, but like, you know, giving her the space to, to feel panicky is I think is equally as important. And I'm sort of learning that Whitney, and this might go for some other people out there, but I can only talk about Whitney, is that like she has a problem and an emotional problem or something like that that doesn't have like a use a screwdriver, like easy fix. If you try and start to fix the problem or explain why they shouldn't feel the way they do in an effort to you know make them feel better, now you're just taking the, the, the opposite side of the debate of whether or not she should feel the way she feels. And I don't want to be in that position. If you're upset because someone offended you, I don't want to tell you why you shouldn't be offended. Like, I, I just, I, I don't think that helps. I think I'm learning. You just need to validate those feelings, understand why they would be offended and like not really offer any type of fucking solution. You know, don't feel like you have to fix everything because in the fixing, I tend to just fuck it up even more. So I'm learning to just be like, look, like you're panicky about the thing. I get it. Like I would be that way too. It sucks to not feel good feel those feelings instead of being like, but like, here's the bright side. And like, I, I guess it's, that's what toxic positivity is, which is like a term I heard. And I was like, please fuck off. But it's true. I mean, you don't always want to hear the bright side. And so I want to get in the habit of being like, hey, like, is this events or not asking? Because like, you just want to sense if it's a time for event session or time to problem solve. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to make her tell me I want to sense when it's time for each of those things. And so that's sort of my story of this week as the caretaker. I skipped out on like a lot of my own self-care, which like weekly is important for like my mental stability. But like I didn't work out and I didn't go like I took some me time each day to like play a video game or something, which helped. And I didn't I could have eaten really terribly, but I was coming off the stomach flu. So I, I ate well. I probably didn't exercise, stuff like that. I mean, that would have been, if I had notes for myself, I would have done a better job of fitting that in just because I know that that just makes you like more complete to like show up for someone else. But hopefully we're, you know, the end is in sight and this will be behind us. But it's been a tough week. It's been a tough week for everyone. Sonny was a boss, you know. He he was just, he was easy. He He... You know, he he didn't, the attention wasn't on him this week and he knew it and didn't like then, you know, try and get extra attention. I think he knew mommy needed my attention and, and, and that, you know, he would be, he'd be fine. So I thank him for that. And that's pretty much it. I will give some tips on caregiving that I find helpful, which is like, you know, someone's in the, in like a bed and bedroom for a bunch of days, like change the lighting, change the sheets, like prop up their pillows every once in a while. Like, I mean, my mother always did this, put like a napkin down on the tray. So like, it's a nice like serving and like do like little things to try and make their 
experience there like a little bit better and more like just nicer. You know what I mean? That stuff always made a difference for me. And so I tried to do that with wit, which is the name of this podcast, which is a great coincidence that we're having. And I'm done now. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.